Finnovate showcases cutting-edge banking and financial technology through a global conference series featuring short-form demos and thought leadership. Now, the conversation continues on the Finnovate podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Finnovate podcast. Joining me today, we have Matthew Covey, the CEO and co-founder of Signal Intent, one of the companies that won best of show at our recently concluded Finnovate Spring. If you missed their demo, you can find it at finnovate.com slash videos. Simply search Signal Intent in there and check out what they're all about. But in the meantime, Matthew, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Greg. So for anybody who hasn't watched the demo video, can you start with just a quick introduction of what Signal Intent is all about? Sure, yeah. So I'm Matt Covey, CEO and co-founder. Um, prior to founding Signal Intent, I spent about 10 years in the marketing and, and product and digital world. Um, my previous role was at a, a fairly large consumer fintech called Stash. And at Signal Intent, we're really pioneering the next generation of financial calculators. Um, you know, calculators are a tool that exists on nine out of 10 banking websites, but the options that exist really haven't kept up with the times. So we work with banks, credit unions, and other financial institutions who really want to enhance their digital experiences, update their website, and really have modern digital tools that help them compete in today's landscape. Yeah, and no, I think one of the things that I always like to see someone looking at the, a stale piece of a bank's website that hasn't been updated in a while and thinking, you know, how, how can I make that better? Can you tell us a little bit about how you decided to look at calculators as something to innovate around and, and also a little bit about you know, just what you guys actually do around them? Because I think it's pretty unique what you guys are able to do there. Yeah, of course. You know, it's, it's interesting because a lot of our customers start working with us when they're actually relaunching the websites. And what they realize is that the existing calculators just look bad, they look dated. So they're not really thinking about innovation per se, but they're thinking about a better customer experience um, and bringing tools on the site that actually match you know, their new design or sort of the, the new website that they're launching. Um, but beyond that, there's, there's several ways that we're innovating. But before, just to give you some background, uh, in a previous life, I actually implemented legacy calculator technology for, for an old client. And the process was incredibly time consuming. It took up a lot of resources. And on the flip side, as a marketer, they didn't perform well. So that experience always stuck with me. And as I transitioned into more of a you know, marketing role in, in the software world, um, that's really when it clicked that marketing technology has evolved so far, but calculators were kind of stuck in the past. So for a tool that nearly every bank offers their customers to inform you know, really important decisions, um, we knew there had to be a better solution and we set out to build one. And really the way that we're innovating and, and kind of how we came into this was thinking about, you know, first off, building best-in-class technology that really takes a lot of the technical need out of, out of launching and managing them. We really wanted to focus on marketing and, and uh, building these for growth and, and helping banks compete in today's digital world. And then lastly, thinking about the data and how could we tap into this data and really turn it into something that our customers could harness and improve these customer experiences. And you know, just looking at some of the websites like NerdWallet or Smart Asset, they're cannibalizing a lot of this traffic and calculators are a huge part of the strategy. So the difference between you know, the, the winners in the digital space and you know, the ones that aren't winning, there's a huge innovation gap and we're looking to close that gap. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think you're right. It's something that there, there is a big gap and it's something that's obvious to customers, right? It should be obvious to everybody on this side of the coin as well. Um, but clearly there are certain tools which are, are helpful and customers are responding to those. And then there are others that aren't. So you know, taking a step back and just kind of getting into the, the really nitty gritty, like what, what, what do you actually provide your customers? What's the real source of value there? Aside from obviously having something that, you know, is a little bit more customer friendly. Sure. Yeah, we're we're really focused on three three primary areas that customers work with us, and really the value we're providing. Um, the first one's all around the customer experience. So, um, making your brand stand out, having technology that that looks the part and and looks like your brand and matches your website. Um, these are really important things. You know, I think having a, a continuity across the experience is becoming more and more important. And if someone's on your website and they see a tool that looks like it's straight from the 1990s, they're probably gonna lose a little bit of that trust. So it's really about the brand perception. The next is all about growing, right? Winning more customers and competing in today's landscape. So we're focused on, you know, how can these tools capture more leads? How can they capture more data? How can they be deployed across the journey? Um, not just buried on, on a resource section, but really at front and center on your website to have a real strategy behind them where a customer is looking for a new home, can use this tool, um, find value in the tool, and then ultimately convert. And then the last is really the, the technology. So as I mentioned, you know, implementing these calculators in a previous life was really painful. So we're really focused on technology that puts marketers, it puts non-technical users in control. And I think what happens as a result of that is we're seeing our, our customers really get hands-on with the strategy, make changes and really think of these as sort of a living, breathing extension of, of their, their day to day. Right. So it's not just set and forget it. It's actually a part of your strategy now. Yeah, and certainly it's something we've seen uh, across the years at Finnovate. We see the more you can get people engaged and kind of playing a, an active role in their planning and their strategizing around their finances, the first off, the more likely they are to make intelligent decisions for themselves, which is you know a good thing in and of itself, but also sure. they're more likely to stay with that brand. They get loyalty that builds up there. Now, one of the things that I thought was really interesting is the idea that you can get data from people through calculators that they might be hesitant to give you in in other ways, because uh, you know, if you go up and ask somebody how much do you make, there's going to be this natural. Wait a minute, hold on, that's not your business. But you know, I, I, you got me thinking about what I put into calculators, and I go in and play around calculators, and I don't think twice about entering in real numbers there to try and just see, um, you know, what what the different scenarios are. And, and you really got me thinking about this because it's something that I, I certainly do myself. And I would imagine a lot of other people are in the same kind of boat where when it's time to actually you know, use a tool that can help them plan, they're much more willing to share. Can you talk a little bit about that dynamic and, and how you guys are able to use that to really provide something useful to the financial institutions that engage with you? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question and, and something that we think a lot about about. Um, and what we've realized is that people are willing to sacrifice data if there's a value exchange. Um, you know, if you know, if I'm entering, you know, if I'm looking to calculate how much home I can afford, I'm not going to know that calculation. So the calculator kind of becomes essential to really understand that. Um, and then on the bank side, this is information that the bank can actually use to kind of help guide you and help you know move you along and, and make the right decision. So there's a lot of value in actually filling that data out, not just in the result, but potentially what happens down the line. 
you know, and ultimately, you know, one, one thing to note is 91% of consumers say they're more likely to shop with brands that provide personalized experiences. Um, and 90% are willing to share behavioral data for cheaper and easier experience. So the data is pretty clear. Customers are willing to sacrifice that little bit of data in exchange for, you know, a better offer, a better customer experience. Um, maybe it's your bank just knowing a bit more about your profile and helping you make a smarter decision. So I think we, we've seen, you know, we've seen the willingness to sacrifice that data is pretty clear. And, and ultimately, you know, our business model is not going off and selling that data. It's strictly to, to help our customers utilize to provide a better experience. So we're really focused on um, first party data and really keeping it that way and making sure that our customers succeed as a result. Yeah, and I think one of the things that is really difficult, this dynamic that exists sometimes in financial services and in fintech is, you know, if you are going to engage with a service provider, whether it's a bank or an investment firm or whatever, you need to at some point as a consumer have a level of trust in them. You need to obviously understand that they're going to have access to a lot of personal information about you. And a lot of uh, times, you know, that those, those relationships can really be important. Um, and you think about, you know, how you start that relationship, how you start earning that trust. That's the other piece that I always was thinking about when I was watching your demo video, this idea that from a very early, early standpoint, you're saying, Hey, here's the information you give it to us just so that we can help you make a better plan. Um, and I think the piece you said there as well, we're not selling it. We're not trading it to anybody. It's just for this organization. And it really is about your own financial health. I have to imagine goes a really long way. Um, now, now that said, let's talk about the link between the data you collect and the sales cycle, because I think that's an important piece to make sure that everybody understands here as well. How do you take that data and turn it into something that's actionable on the part of the financial institution? Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and when we talk about data and, and the impact on marketing, we're really essentially talking about personalization. Um, and without access to real-time first-party data, personalization doesn't really exist. Um, you know, one stat that always stuck out to me was that 94% of banks can only deliver basic levels or no personalization at all, but 93% of them say they have more success when they do. So marketing effectiveness increases when it's personalized. Um, the benefit's clear, but it's really the ability to capture the data and take action on it in real time, which is where they struggle. Um, you know, if you think about a survey or purchasing third-party data, some of the other ways that you can kind of capture this data, it takes a long time. It might not be you know, weeks or months before you actually put that into action. So with our calculators, we're capturing you know, valuable data like annual household income, car price, home price, all while that consumer is shopping and actually looking for those things. So these are really valuable data points for our customers to tap into and think about um, you know, how do we take the next step? How do we personalize the experience or maybe qualify them based on what we now know about them? Um, you know, a couple of the, the applications that we're looking at for that data is, you know, something as simple as someone emailing themselves results from the calculator. But what we wanna do is actually take it a step further and think about, you know, the results are great, but how do we contextualize it? And how do we actually personalize maybe these offers or other products that we're getting in front of you based on what we know about that person. So I think you know, the, the data is very clear that personalized experiences outperform you know, non-personal experiences. The question is how can you capture that data 
in real time and allow banks to actually take action on it. And that's one of the things that I think we're, we're actually in a unique position to solve. And we're the only calculator company today that exists that's actually doing that and returning it back to our customers. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I think it's a really unique concept there. And it makes sense on its face because at the end of the day, you know, people do, obviously it's easier from a bank standpoint to make a connection with somebody when you have a more personalized outreach, you can prove you understand who they really are. On the flip side of the equation, I think we've all had the experience, you know, when you get a cold call, it's annoying and it's a nuisance. When you get a targeted offer that's actually in line with something that you're looking for, um, it can be really helpful. And so this is the the marketer's dilemma really is, how do I make sure I'm never annoying and always helpful? Um, and, and I think you look at this as a tool that that really, I think that does that. Now I wanna end by looking, you know, kind of broadening out a little bit. How far do you think you can go here? You know, are there other similar areas that you imagine where you could, other pieces of the bank webpage that you could use to capture data in the same type of way? Anything that kind of jumps to mind there? Yeah, certainly. I mean, that's a great question and it's something we think a lot about. Um, there's definitely some areas that we, you know, we feel like we could naturally expand into. Um, but right now our focus is, is calculators and we see, you know, it's a big market. It's also global. Um, and there's a lot of work left to be done. Uh, I like to kind of compare it to, you know, what Zoom's done for video conference, right? Everybody hated video conference and they've kind of flipped it on its head and made it probably the most useful communication tool that exists. So I think a lot of what we're doing in a way is actually building a new market where, you know, there's an educational curve on, on how to think about them in a different way. Um, so it's, it's definitely going to be a long journey for us to, you know, do as much as we possibly can just in the calculator space. But all that said, I think as we evolve, we're, we're really focused on the problems that we're solving for our customers. Um, so beyond calculators, we think a lot about the middle of the funnel. Um, you know, for, for a section of the funnel where 70 plus percent of the customer journey takes place, we just don't think the technology, the budgets, or even, you know, people's frames of mind have really arrived there yet with banks spending, you know, $12 billion a year on digitizing paperwork process and applications, I think the next big question is going to be, well, how do we get more people into these applications? So we're really bullish on the middle of the funnel. We're bullish on, you know, personalization and all the things that kind of stem from the calculators. Um, so again, I think we're, we we see calculators as, as being almost a new market and, um, you know, really doing sort of like what Zoom's done for video conference. So we think we have a long ways to go. And um, excited to kind of keep going down, down that journey. And I'm sure some, you know, some cool opportunities will come as a result. Yeah, no, I'm sure they will as well. And I think that, you know, for me, one of the big takeaways that I would encourage everybody who's listening to this, um, you know, look at the areas of your webpage that aren't doing anything for you and think about how can you make them better? How can you make them into something that actually provides a service for you, provides a service for your client? There, there's always going to be information on your webpage that has to just be there, that has to, you know, serve that function. But, um, you know, we're at a position now where we've got the ability and, through companies like Signal Intent, where you can take these pieces and turn them into action pieces that really do a lot of good work for you. So um, again, the company is called Signal Intent. Check out their video at Finnovate.com. Congrats again for winning Best of Show at Finnovate Spring. Matthew, it's been a pleasure chatting. Thanks so much. All right, Greg. Thanks a lot. Appreciate the time.
The Finnovate podcast is produced by Informa Connect in association with Provoke.fm Media. Check out Finnovate.com for information on Finnovate's upcoming shows and to learn how you can get involved. The discount code Finnovate Podcast will save you 20% on tickets to all of our events. And you can email us at info at Finnovate.com for information on sponsoring, speaking, or demoing. Thanks for listening. Thank you.